0: Well, I am glad you're here. You've been listening through the evening here to the Christmas story. We've been singing it, uh, Kent read it. And what we really boil down to in the Christmas season is to ask the obvious question Why was Jesus born? Not for presents, not for the tree. Not for jolly old Saint Nick or whatever we find ourselves doing in the Christmas season in our day and age. But why was Jesus born? If you're not familiar with the Bible or with the Christian faith, uh, one of the Gospels, the Gospel of John, which is in the Bible, uh, the author makes an amazing assertion. In John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says this, and John is writing, and he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That doesn't mean a whole lot to you and to me in this day and age, but he goes on, and if you drop down to verse 14, he says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you, again, because of the day and age we live in. We don't walk around calling each other the Word. You know, we might give each other nicknames, and I think when I was in middle school, we used to say, like, if something cool would happen, we would go, Word. You know, but that was because we thought it was cool, not because it actually was, or that it made sense, Okay. But in that time period, in that culture, in that day and age, uh, the the word Logos, the word, was reserved for deity. It was a divine term. It was a depiction of God. It was for God who was altogether different, altogether higher than you and I, altogether transcendent from all that we know. And it was a term used for God. Whatever God you happen to believe in. So as you can imagine in those terms, John's making an extraordinary claim. He's saying not just that God was unknowable and that God was out there. But John was saying that God, the God of the universe, the creator of the stars, the sands and the sea and the mountains became a man, that God, outside of time, entered time. He became flesh. And the plot thickens even more when you recognize that this was not a prayer request. This was not a hope. This was not a prophecy. This was an eyewitness account of what had actually taken place, that Human beings watched God come in the flesh and we saw his glory full of grace and truth. It was an eyewitness account of the greatest man who ever lived on earth. Think about it. No one in the history of the world has had more influence on the entire world than Jesus Christ. The God-man, Jesus Christ. No one has had more paintings painted, more songs sung, more books written about for and against than Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, yeah, well, there have been others who have influenced their culture, changed even entire populations' minds on how they live, and that's true. Perhaps two of the biggest ones in our culture right now are Muhammad and Buddha. And if you were to look at their work, they certainly made an incredible impact, had incredible influence. But there's a detail in the three stories of Jesus, Buddha, and Muhammad that makes them different. Muhammad and Buddha would have never claimed to be God. The thing that made Jesus different was that He was the Word who became flesh. He was the divine come to earth. The life Jesus lived for 33 years as God definitely didn't match up with the description that the Scripture gave to Him as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Which drives us back to the question we ask on Christmas. Why was Jesus born? Because you and I would come as royalty. If we were God choosing to come as flesh in the earth. Perhaps you would come a little bit differently than he did in that humble manger in Nazareth in Bethlehem. We would do it differently. So why was Jesus born? At this point, if you are not a follower of Christ, I want you to know that it's at this point, this point, that the God of the Bible, that Jesus Christ differs from every other religion in the world. You see, our problem is sin, and our need is a Savior. And most religions would agree on that fact, but the place that the God of the Bible and that the Scripture presents as being different... And every other religion in the world is that all the religions in the world look at you and require you to do something to rise to the occasion and meet the demand that God has made. The thing that separates the Bible and Jesus from every other religion is that when God saw you in your need and saw you in your sin, he didn't expect you to rise, but he came down. So when John makes this claim that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, he was making an amazing claim. A life-altering claim. So why was Jesus born? Why was God born as a baby some 2,000 years ago? Let me say it to you really simply in this way. Jesus was born so that you Could be born again. Jesus was born. So that you could be born again. Listen to how Peter says it. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. He says blessed be the God and father. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy. He has caused us. To be born again. To a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. From the dead. Jesus was Born. So that you could be born again. There's an amusing story in the Bible in John chapter 3, and I want to read the end of it to you, but before we get there, let me give you the setting. There's a guy named Nicodemus, and he was kind of a religious leader, and uh, people knew him, they looked up to him. And Jesus was talking with him in this scene in John chapter 3, and he basically wants to know how do you get to heaven? It's what religions are trying to answer. How do I become right with God so that I can go to heaven? Nicodemus had a good question. A question maybe you're asking tonight or have asked at some point in your life. And Jesus looks at Nicodemus and says, Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Nicodemus, and I like to think that Nicodemus had some sarcasm in his voice when he looked back at Jesus and said, huh, what are you talking about? And he said, I have to go back into my mother and be born again? That doesn't make any sense. And Jesus looked back at him and said, unless you are born of water and the spirit, you will not taste the kingdom of God. You won't see heaven. What does it mean to be born again? Jesus goes on to explain in John chapter 3, in that very familiar verse that I'm sure you've heard. He says this in John chapter 3 verse 16, as he's answering the question that Nicodemus asked. How does one be born again? Here's what it says, For God... And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people loved darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And so I ask you the question tonight. Will you be born again? Will you step out of the darkness and into the light? Will you move from death to life? You see, Jesus was born some 2,000 years ago so you could be born again. The greatest gift ever given was a baby. a baby Jesus Christ. He says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. The greatest gift ever given. Not a result of works, so that no one would boast. You see, Jesus was born and he lived about 30 years that we don't know a whole lot about. And then we see him for three years of ministry, which shapes the way we do life. And then he went to the cross and he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine so that we could be made right with God. Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I also want you to know that it's an inclusive and an exclusive gift. It's exclusive in the fact that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to go to heaven. And it's to be born again by the Spirit of God. There's one way. But it's also inclusive because Jesus said also in the Gospels, He said, that I am not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. It's an inclusive gospel. So I ask you the question, have you been born again? Have you received that free gift of salvation? If you have, tonight we celebrate that gift. We celebrate the God who became flesh and dwelt among us And we have seen his glory. If you have been born again in Jesus Christ, you have seen his glory. The Old Testament says it this way. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. If you haven't received that free gift of salvation, why not tonight? Why not tonight? You could be born again. Not in a weird way. (laughs) You don't got to go back into your mom's but born again by the Spirit of God to new life in Him. The easiest gift can also be the hardest. You should know that because it involves surrender. It involves surrendering your will to His. It involves repentance. It's confessing Jesus as Lord and turning from your way to His way. The easiest gift can be the hardest gift. But He makes this amazing promise if you will... Lose your life for his sake. You'll find it. And so the band's going to come back up and we're going to sing two more Christmas carols. But I wouldn't be doing my job as a pastor if I didn't give you the opportunity to accept that free gift. The Bible says it this way, that to accept that gift, all you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that he is who he said he is. I want to invite you to celebrate the greatest gift you've ever been given.